Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Popcorn Pillow Talk Podcast. My name's Declan. And I'm Richard Dean. <laughs> I can't um, see me throw my hands everywhere. Yeah. Oh, we need to have a video version of this. Um, This is going to be a bit more of a, of a less structured... <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a less structured, more laid back. This is a, a, a nighttime recording. This is the latest we've re- ever recorded, I think. The latest and closest to the Monday, because it's Saturday night right now. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this is the most latest. Uh, I'm, I'm having dinner and a beer. Richard probably wishes he was having dinner and a beer. I have a fridge beside me that has like 20 beers in them. But the thing is, it's all pressured censored. So if I touch it, I'm automatically billed like an exuberant amount of money for Labatt Blue. And I don't want to touch it because A, I don't like Labatt Blue. And B, if I wanted toilet water, I'd scoop it out of the toilet. <laughs> and I'm from London. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, isn't Labatt's like right where you were born? Pretty much. It's across the street from the, the local hockey team that, that plays there. Um, but if you fair, wait, I, I will drink it if somebody gives it to me. Uh, but okay. Wait, but if you go down to the bars, do you still have to pay for it? Yes. Oh, really? And, and they have a different selection. The well, yeah, they've got different. a different selection. Is it still regular prices for that hotel? Because the prices... Oh, they're, they've they increased the prices? Yeah. A beer downstairs is around 11 or $12. And that's a bottle of Steam Whistle. And the beer in my fridge is $8 for domestic. So I can get a bottle of Mill Street in my fridge for 8 bucks. That's if I want a Heine- awful. If I want a small can of Heineken or... Uh, something else that's eight fifty, and then they have the two ounce shot glass things like the gin and Canadian or uh, Crown Royal, yeah. Um, oh, not CCCR. Um, they're I think they're thirteen bucks for two ounces or something like that, or fourteen bucks. They they have these bottles of wine. The the bottles of water are the worst. Because the bottles of Evian water that are like 400 milliliters are like 850. But anyway. So, uh, <laughs> do you, I, I, I know that you've been ridiculously busy. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I don't Done. think there's going to be a whole lot of filmmaker or film news because you've been busy. I've been sort of busy as well. Not as busy as you, but. Regis, Regis like, Philbin died, dude. Yes, that was the one piece of news I was going to say. Yeah, that sucks. Also, part of the one of the leading founding members of Fleetwood Mac also died. Wait, what? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, was it one of the original ones that like was on for, like the first album and then left, and Co- then Lindsey Co- Buckingham and uh, Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks came on. It could have been. It said founding member, so I'm assuming that is the case. What I didn't was do their much. name? I don't know. Just type in Fleetwood Mac, and you probably get some more info on it. Fleetwood Mac. Let's find out. Peter Green, Fleetwood Mac co-founder. I've been listening to so much Fleetwood Mac the last couple days, so it's just a weird coincidence. Rumors is just such a good album. My goodness. Oh, Rumors is a good... Actually, also the self-titled album is also pretty good. I have that one on vinyl. 
believe in miracles, but I'm beginning to bum bum. Yeah, I think it was. I think he was part of the original team that then, or well, one of the original members who then left. Interesting. Very <clears throat> interesting. Apparently, he did some playing with uh, Eric Clapton at points in his life, though. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh. Ba 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 ba. Um. Hmm. 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 Yeah, Green left the band in 1970. So, um, yeah. Other than that, there's not a whole lot of filmmaker news. Um, uh, PreSonus has released uh, the Audio Box USB 96th 25th Anniversary Edition. Um. It's a USB audio interface. It's got two inputs for quarter inch or XLR. It's got a couple faders. It's probably very similar to the one that you're using right now, Rich. Or, well, you would be using if you could actually get your stuff set up and we didn't want to bother with just having you use your earbuds. Yeah, no, it's it's not even that. It's like I, it's part of it's my stand. Like I get everything else set up, but I bought a, like a rocker arm stand. Like one of those springy loaded. Oh, yeah, there's my yeah. call sheet. <laughs> and, uh, uh, uh. Um, What's your call time tomorrow morning? Oh, it's not that early. It's never that early because they don't want us to do stuff. Um, <laughs> one p.m. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Presonus. Yeah, it's it's an audio interface. It's gonna cost a hundred bucks. Oh. Um, PreSonus is pretty good. I, I've used a lot of PreSonus's uh, live mixers when I was doing uh, theater back in the day. Right. When I did my live when I was a, a live theater technician. Ooh. That was a, a while ago. Any other crazy, cool camera news? <clears throat> really, no. <laughs> there's, there's, there's not a lot. That's uh, fair. Yeah, which which is kind of okay because like, what have we had in the past few weeks? The EOS R five, uh, friggin' the Black Magic. Like, there's a lot of stuff that came out in the past few weeks, so it it, it kind of makes sense that things, you know, might take a week or two to settle still- down. Except for, um, a bunch of stuff within the past week. I don't. I know we might have talked about this a little bit last episode, but even more so now. A ton of stuff just got taken off the release schedule. Oh yeah, no, yeah, we like were... like Tenet got fully pulled off the release schedule. Mulan got fully pulled off the release yeah. schedule. Like a bunch of stuff is just like, yeah, we don't know when this is gonna be. Like, not even in uh, oh, we're gonna keep on pushing it back. They're just like a, we're gonna release it eventually, but probably not for like a year. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, what was uh, Wes Anderson's film called? The, the French, French Dispatch. Yeah, the French Dispatch is off the release schedule now. So Yeah. It's it's kind of a yeah, it's one of those things that just doesn't doesn't seem too great <laughs> to put it to put it lightly. So it Yeah, like there's still some stuff coming out. Uh, a lot of it though is just whatever's going straight to 
video on demand. So a lot of the bigger stuff like the Wes Anderson, the Chris Nolan movies, Mulan, stuff that they wanted a theatrical release to get that big money. Um, that stuff's being like taken off the release schedule. And then anything where it's like, yeah, we could risk it going in to some theaters and then on VOD in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering what they're, what, what we're going to see on like Netflix and stuff. Cause there's a lot of um, like, they still have a catalog of content, but we're noticing like, I mean, we saw uh, Tom Hanks's Greyhound get shipped off to Apple so that was supposed to have a theatrical release, and they were looking at like a, I think it was like a fifty million dollar price tag to make the movie because it is fairly CG heavy because they didn't want to very CG heavy yeah because they didn't want to opt for all the practical warships and stuff like because Dunkirk cost a hundred million dollars and a lot of it was just like a couple of planes but it was super realistic like more realistic than almost any other war movie um, to this time so to see something that was like crazy war boats heavy. And we're not trying to do Michael Bay level of practicality and explosions. Um, let's go. Uh, let's opt to do a lot of CG work, which seems to be the way to go. And it's it's a, it's okay. But apparently, the movie was fairly well received, and it was actually written by Tom Hanks. So I'm interested to actually see how it is. I just don't have Apple TV because it is yep. ridiculous to have like eight different streaming services because they're clocking in like some of them are like, oh, we have twenty five thousand hours of content, and I'm like. I don't have 25 hours in my week to watch movies. Why do I have, why do I, why do I need 25,000? <laughs> I know so, it's getting a bit like, like I've got, it's a little I've nuts. got, like I've got Netflix and prime, but between watching Netflix and prime and then I know you don't watch a ton of YouTube content, but I actually do watch a little bit of you, a decent amount of YouTube content I used to. between those three platforms. That, that's all I'm watching. And even then it's either like, I'm usually going to YouTube or Netflix. Yeah. And then if there's something that's really drawing me to it, I'll go to Prime. Between high school to and even just pre-high school until like end of college, I pro- so like maybe 10 years. I know mm-hmm. I, I watched a lot even when YouTube was starting in 04, 05. Because um, I, I literally had an account like years ago or at least I knew of it. Um, and... There was, oh yeah, I probably started watching YouTube like regularly in like 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 two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like I watched like the old like like Philly D, like X- oh, yeah. SXE Phil, and like I watched a lot of Smosh until like two thousand ten. I never watched Smosh. Actually, my Smosh my guy. guilty young thing was I watched Fred videos. Oh, I could never <laughs> yeah. do it. I could. I got not. into Fred videos when I was like oh, a, a wee little kid. I hated when and people then, bought uh, his T-shirts too. Hi guys. Oh, I never Fred. bought his stuff oh no and like i watched a lot of and i actually every once in a while i still watch some of the 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 hank and john green vlogbrothers stuff because they're kind of like the early early like we're gonna make this like serious no they're 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 fantastic they have so much great stuff um mm-hmm. and they because well, they were the first people who were like hi we're adults we're gonna come here and be adults and then everybody was like wait you're not like a 12 year old screaming in a camera what the hell is this? Well, that was that was smosh <laughs> smosh was the 12 year old <laughs> screaming i got into vlog brothers later and i actually read a lot of john green's books john yeah. Green? yeah although actually hank green just came out with a book they're both cool. books. They're both authors. Well, knew, Although Hank one is a, still far more successful than oh, the yeah, other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 Hank has his like traveling folk band. He has. 
Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. Well, I, I remember him mentioning they were going on tour, but again, that was years ago. So I don't. I don't yeah, know they're not they going just, on tour right now. No. Yeah. No. I just wasn't sure if they've disbanded since because he's had he's had a couple kids or something. So. Well, I remember actually. Oh, I remember when he was doing. Uh, Hank Green did a thing which I thought was really cool. Uh, called the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Did you ever watch those? No. No, I didn't. Oh, it was one thing actually. Go on, remember remember uh, uh, transmedia class in college? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to explain yeah. that. Everybody who went to college with us will understand. Um, oh, our demographic. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, no, there was a... I remember it kind of being brought up in class, and then I was the only person who had apparently watched it. The Lizzie Bennet Diaries were was a, a an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, but in vlog form. Oh, I do. It was as if it was as if that. it was modern day, and Lizzie Bennet, the character from Pride and Prejudice, was making like vlogs. Yeah. Which was and like, but um, they hired a ton, they hired completely no name actors, and then they gave all of the characters their own like Twitter and Instagram and Tumblers and all that. Mm-hmm. Tumblr. So like, <laughs> yeah. Well, this was when Tumblr was actually big. I although I never actually got into the Tumblr thing, but uh, no, it was a really cool like transmedia experience because you had these videos, but then you, the videos were an adaptation in a different like a completely different medium to the source material and then you had like the characters still being the characters on social media in between the episodes yeah so it was it was an interesting thing um what were we talking about uh you were talking (laughs) about the bennett because it came from hank green oh yeah uh they they do cool stuff Um, okay (laughs) want to talk about made I Let's do. just I jump do. right into that. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I would love to talk about Made. I think that'd be really exciting. Yeah, I literally watched it like two hours ago, so. Yeah, I watched it uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday. I think it was most of most of Wednesday morning I watched it. And right. uh, so, so what are your, what are your, do you want to synopsize the film? Not really. I think you can. Because it's well, it, not not that I don't, but I, it's it's more fresh in your mind. So I think. All right. All right. Just um, to be fair. And also, it was again, your pick. So. Uh, true. It was my pick. Also, this one was different. I think this was the first time where you and I had to actually pay for the movie. It's true. We weren't. Yeah. True. So this was the first time we were not able to find it on an already existing streaming service. That Darn we had. you, 18 different streaming services. <laughs> Well, part of the benefit is that you and I both have access uh, to Canopy, which has a ton of Criterion movies. We were able to watch some stuff on there and and some other things like that. So, um, again, I'm terrible with character names, but this is uh, John Favreau's directorial debut. Mm -hmm. Um, John Favreau from fame such as iron man one iron man two producer on the avengers he just directed the real life animated disney movie uh lion king movie you know Uh, he also did jungle book you know he directed iron man one and two right 
Yeah, I know. That's why oh, I just okay. said Sorry. Iron Man one and two. I, th- I thought you, I thought you meant because he was in it because he's also no in because because he's also in Iron Man three and all the Spider Man movies yeah. and the Avengers movies. Although he's a producer on all of those, yes. executive producer. <clears throat> but this is his, and also from Chef. Well, come on, we got to mention Chef. 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 Richard, have you ever seen Chef? Chef. Uh, directed by John Favreau. You mean directed by Chef? <laughs> he is Chef. Uh, he is chef. Um, yes, chef. It's it's a film. So it's his directorial debut, uh, not his writing debut, no, and not his producerial debut because he wrote Swingers, yeah. and produced Swingers. I like Swingers. Uh, you don't like Swingers. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I I couldn't finish Swingers actually. Um, I like Swingers. <laughs> and I, I yeah, this is also a John Favreau Vince Vaughn buddy comedy. <laughs> Yes. Uh, this one's a little bit less awkward than Swingers. I have nothing to say. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> like I don't. I don't think it was. I'm gonna say yeah. It's like less awkward, but it was. It is. But, it is. But Vince Vaughn's character is way more awkward than he is in Swingers. Swingers, he is so much more charismatic and likable, and he plays. Yes, a si- he's similar way archetype. more charismatic in Swingers. This one, he is legitimately just an asshole. Yeah, he's like one of the worst people, one of like the least favorite people I've ever seen on screen in a movie ever. Yeah, he's probably one of my ever. like it 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 like it. So pain, okay, pain so, to think so that there's people like that in this world. <laughs> okay, one one sec. Let me synopsize the movie. Okay. Uh, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. They're from L.A. They're sort of amateur boxers. They work in construction and kind of deadbeat things. Five, five, one, dude. <laughs> it's not a losing record. It's not a winning um, record either. <laughs> so, uh, John Favreau is dating this girl who's a stripper and whatever, and kind of working for this shady figure. This shady figure's like, "Hey, you're going to, oh." You beat up a guy who was touching your girl while she was stripping, and now I got to pay for his dental surgery, so you're going to go to New York City and do a deal for me or whatever. And Vince Vaughn comes along because they're childhood friends. And then they go there, and stuff happens, and they try to do some crimey stuff, and friggin' P. Diddy shows up. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> P Diddy is there. Yes, and they don't call him P Diddy in the credits. They they actually no, they don't. They use his name. real name. Mm-hmm. Sean Combs. Yep, Sean Combs. Sean so that's Combs. kind of the, the the synopsis. There's not a whole lot of, there's not a an intense amount of plot. The no. plot is pretty simple, which I like. Yeah. Like, writing wise, I like this movie, and. Even character, there's a lot of things that I actually quite like about this movie, but there's one glaringly huge, obvious problem that makes me not be able to enjoy this movie. What is that? Vince Vaughn's character oh. is that unlikable. Wow. Literally, like I, I, I. It took me like four or five you hours to watch this you, movie just because I kept on pausing it and being just like, I, you, I need a break. You didn't, you didn't write down what he was saying, did you? <laughs> 
I told you to do that. I said, this is your homework. Before you watch this movie, get a pen and paper. And I said, write down the lines he has because they're actually unreal. They're ridiculous. And it's not. Oh, no. The writing the writing is amazing. Like, yeah. Once you get over the fact that his character is such an asshole, like the wit and the, the speed of the of the dialogue, like the acting and the character work is so great. The this movie would be so much better if he literally just toned down the assholeness like twenty percent. Yeah. If he was twenty percent less a complete overt sexist machismo dickhead wannabe gangster asshole, <laughs> this movie would be like that's a vague so much better. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, he, like uh, the scene on the airplane. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> keeps pulling her back. <laughs> keeps pulling it the made me so back. mad. Oh, it was I. I had. But yeah. when you break it down, like that's a really funny scene. Oh, it's yeah. just that you're not laughing at it. You're just like, wow, he's an asshole. Yeah, I, I, I loved how he played himself off against it. Mm-hmm. He, and it was so clever because in directing the scene, if he's sitting there, he doesn't have to say anything because the entire time he just <laughs> has to let Vince Vaughn ramble. And if, if he's ad-libbing all of it, then he just has to make sure he doesn't laugh or just make a scene. He just has to keep a straight face and it works. Like that's Oh, yeah. That's John his... Favreau did a great job yeah. in being like, like it's, it's, it's really ballsy to make your directorial debut also something that you're um, acting in. Like the only other person who I think who had – that that I've seen that has done that to this level of success is Bradley Cooper, or maybe Clint Eastwood. Uh, Although I've never I, I never saw Clint Eastwood's directorial debut, so I, I can't say. I feel like he probably and don't quote me on this. I'm going to say that he probably directed a western when he first started because he was so he did he did like he started years. he started directing westerns. Clint Eastwood is just that I haven't seen the specific one. Yeah, and then um, Brad- Bradley Cooper's is very But Bradley strong. Cooper with, like, uh, A Star is Born did an amazing job of acting and directing the scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. John Favreau gave himself a little bit of an easier time here and just went, like, I'm playing the straight man. Yeah. Right? Which, and, and again, it worked really well because that was just, yeah, he knew that was kind of his strength and he had worked mm-hmm. with Vince before in Swingers and Vince, the dynamic between those two characters is so similar to swingers it is it is it's very similar but again in swingers it's if you told me down. that this was a if you told me this was a sequel to swingers i think you could pull it off uh, that's what i genuinely thought it was like, like when I changing seen the like the five time. pages of dialogue in the entire film you could make it a sequel to swingers oh well easily easily because i'm pretty sure they both take place in la they both take place with the two main characters doing stupid stuff. They have, and again, they have like a similar dialogue between one another. It's just Vince Vaughn is so much like, and again, like he tones it. He's he's way more like sexist and terrible in Made, and then in Swingers, he's just so much more down to earth. It's just he's just Jack. Yeah, it's fine. he's he's in in one of in my the parts. Favorite oh. jokes and lines and swingers, which you didn't even get to, at the very end of the movie is when John Favreau is trying to explain something to to Vince Vaughn, something about how he, I think he kind of comes to like this 
like this epiphany that he's trying to make more of a decision for himself. Like it's not so much about the girlfriend or something. I can't remember because it's been so long. And he's trying to say his story to Vince Vaughn. And Vince Vaughn tunes him out to look at the waitress. And he goes like, she's feeding me the eyes, baby. She's doing it. She's doing the, she's, she's, she's giving the, the show, dude. She's, she's doing it. And she comes over. She comes over to him and he's like, yo, 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 she's coming. She's coming. And she looks to the person right beside him off, off screen. And it's so funny. It's so <laughs> funny how it's done. And John Favreau has that epiphany for like a second time. He's like, oh, my friend's not even listening to me because he's so dedicated to his, his whole infatuation with whatever's going on in front of him. So having like that and just in made, he, again, takes so much of it. He is so mean to Sam Rockwell. That poor goldfish. <laughs> Oh my god, that's who it was. Sam Rockwell I was like, worked at the hotel. That, that entire movie. time I was looking at the the like the hotel guy and yes. I'm just like, this motherfucker who looks is that? so familiar. Who is this? Sam Rockwell with long hair. <laughs> yeah, if he had shorter hair, I would have been like, Oh, that's Sam Rockwell. Yeah, and if he wasn't playing so much of like a ditzy Again, straight edge, like bellhop, it probably yeah. would have been like, oh, it's Sam Rockwell. Because so much of what we're used to seeing him now is like a very character actor. And that was so much yeah. more just like, a you are a generic concierge man. Take a 20 and get his cheeseburger. <laughs> no, I, I I think the thing is, is like there's, there's so much. The script is great. So the script is by John Favreau. Yeah. Um, who also wrote Swingers. Yeah. Right. So he did write both of those films and it's it's super well done. And there's even some like really interesting things. So the the main reason why I wanted to watch this movie is one, I actually do like John Favreau as a director and writer. Yeah. And it was shot by Christopher Doyle. Actually, wait, is that his name? I'm going to butcher his name. Pretty sure that's what you said it was when you picked it. So it was shot by uh, Christopher Doyle, who is the cinematographer for um, In the Mood for Love, which is another film that we watched uh, a few episodes ago. And I think that's a really smart, another really smart decision that they made while making this movie is they went, it's Jon Favreau's first time. It's written by him. We need to bring in somebody who's solid as a rock as a DP. At this point, Christopher Doyle had been shooting for over a decade in Asia with really high level directors and a very wide variety of stuff as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So you could essentially bring Christopher Doyle in, sit him down. He can run the entire technical side of the crew and, and leave John Favreau to work with the actors. Right. And that's something that you can do. And there's a lot going on in this movie. Actually, there is, this is not a simple, like sit down two handers. There's like there's bike gangs, there's club scenes, there's airplanes, there's lots going on. Overheads, a lot of like dynamic camera movement, a lot of like a lot of handheld it, camera movement, uh, yeah, which I thought of, was really interesting. A lot of handheld, especially into like elevators and close quarters, but mm-hmm. there's that like weird nineties thing that they do, those montages where he's like yeah. kind of drunk. And I I've never really been a fan of those things because they It was it was it was a of the time style. Yeah, it, yeah. it really dates your movie when you're doing something like that i i can immediately go like this is from 95 to 04 like that's that's your window i did i did think it was really interesting um the the quality the visuals had to this and how it parallels really nicely with christopher doyle's work in asia Mm -hmm. 
so so the choice of film stocks the choice of lenses the the way that this film had a lot more hard lighting yeah. and a lot more isolated lighting like i'm thinking of like the scene when uh right at the end of the movie when vince vaughn and uh john favreau were in the office with the guy back in la <laughs> and they don't like the office right it's not a it's not a way that <laughs> um it's not similar to how you would do it now where you would light the office as if it's a room and then play it off naturally and then try to bring in soft key sources to kind of make it look more natural yeah this was like cool we have a spotlight on kevin on, on not kevin on uh john favreau we have a spotlight on vince vaughn we have a spotlight on the other guy. They're hard, and everything else is in shadow. This is how you know it's moody, and right? What, and yeah, and it kind of obscured everything that was on the wall. And it was it was interesting because it's yeah. also like a, it felt like a mafioso kind of like which was the point. Yeah, and it kind of had like that room kind of had like a bit of a, a Godfather kind of vibe to it. Yeah, like, but the Godfather was more ambient room lighting than this, right? Yeah, of course. And then also like in the in the quality of the film grain itself, I don't know exactly what stock they did or what place they went to to, to process it or if, oh. or if Christopher Doyle wanted a certain thing or just kind of works with how he was shooting. Call yourself it, a DP, you, eh? Huh? What? <laughs> Call yourself a DPA. You can't recognize film stocks by their film grain, huh? <laughs> Roasted. Well, sorry when I'm looking at the VHS 1080p scan of this movie because there's no 4K scan of this wow, movie. Wow, excuse me. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um... But it, it it looks similar and has a similar uh, texture and quality to it as as say like in the mood for love. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, but that's something that I notice. Uh, not inherently, but I also wasn't searching for it. I think I was really just trying to get into. It, it was it was because it was a ninety minute movie. It was something I kind of just sat down at and really just. It, it was one of the only movies that we watched so far that I was like, I'm just gonna enjoy it as for what it is. I I wanted it to be like that, but I just I I just felt myself. I'm not a huge fan of cringe comedy a lot of the time. Like I, I I've never been able to get through The Office. Oh, right, like the American version of The Office. Like there, I'll oh. I'll watch like a a segment of it on YouTube or like if somebody shows me a clip, I can't handle like an episode of it. I just I just get cringy and then I pause it. Because yeah. I'm just like I don't I don't want to feel this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's right. Fair. And I think that's what I was experiencing through this movie a lot. Like, I think probably the one that I just sat down and enjoyed the like just tried to enjoy the most was probably um, Blood Machines. Because I just went into that knowing like this is going to be stupid and <laughs> that, whatever. Yeah, again, that's that's like one end of the spectrum. This is like definitely near the middle of the two. <laughs> yeah. But, but overall, like, I know, kind of like when we were talking about Lion, right, where I was like, I know that there's so many things in here that are done well and properly. Yeah. Just my own personal enjoyment of the film was lessened because of my the way that I like movies or like characters or whatever. Like, technically, this should get you like a seven or an eight. But for me, it's like, it's like a high five. <laughs> really it's like a, it's like a high five really? low six it's really? it's really and it's just because i just couldn't i just could not get past for so much of the movie how 
how cringy the scenarios were because of how Vince Vaughn was acting. I like how he addresses it too when they're sitting there at the zoo, and and, yeah. he, and he he's trying to buy a gun, and because <laughs> that scene he th- is really funny, and he thinks he needs to be like quote unquote strapped because he comes up with this harebrained scheme that something crazy is gonna happen <laughs> at like the most like safe place they could think of, yeah, and he he literally addresses it. He looks at him. He does the Jane Silent Bob classic thing of looking at him and he goes like where who are you who like where have you come up with this harebrained scheme like he 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 addresses the elephant in the room for once and he goes like what the heck (laughs) yeah i trust you also i always remember their names because the one dude's name is ricky and the other guy's name is bobby and i can always think of ricky bobby (laughs) and i always think of ricky bobby yeah so it's the two guys uh it's like consagliano or Pusagliano, they're they're Italian. That's their. God that's damn! Their... Imagine if we could if we could watch Talladega Nights. Oh, that'd be good. Nah, it's, I, it it doesn't follow the rules. I watch I watched that movie at least once a month. <laughs> that ain't <laughs> yeah, work. You've watched it a bunch. I've watched it one and a half times. So. Ooh, that ain't okay, worth but yeah, what a, would what a would you give painting this? of a whale and a dolphin getting it on? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, um, I'm gonna say break it, Pepe Le Pew, and uh, I'd give it a solid. I was gonna say like a high six, low seven. Um, I love how we can give like ranges for things. It's, yeah, I haven't quite settled on it. Um, We've got to get into the uh, into the needle drop rankings. Oh yeah. Actually, I guess that's what we're doing. Like it's, soft six. Yeah, it's kind of what we're doing. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it like a, like a hard six or like a soft seven sort of dealio. Yeah. Um, again, enjoyment level. I do really, really, really think that a lot of what is said and like again, the writing is very clever. Yeah, um, I, I think the writing is out like out of the park. I think the the I think the cinematography and the directing and the blocking out of the park. I think the sound design and the music was lacking personally. Yeah. And I, then it's literally just just Vince Vaughn destroys any enjoyment of this movie that I could have had no. pretty much. I, I, any, I, I, but like I, yeah. a lot of it. I'm not going to go as far to say that because there are a lot of scenes that I was like genuinely – he he took me away because I, I, I was like – there again, I, I similarly was thinking. I was like – how the heck does somebody write this? Because this man is so unlikable, but I'm also like, I kind of enjoy it because it helps me get through it. So, and it does write, and I knew, I knew, knew what was going to happen at the end because they harped on it so many freaking times. Oh, yeah, but I was expecting yeah. it and I wanted it to happen. That was the, that was the pleasant surprise was that, and, and I looked at it. I was like, that's fake. And yeah. That was even funnier. Like, I was like, that's a, a kid's cap gun. And it, they're like, that's a starter pistol. And I went, ah. <laughs> I was like, they didn't even just cheap out here. They actually made it a funny gag because the guy couldn't come up with stuff. But anyway. Uh, what, what, actually, wait. Speaking about the ending, I thought it was kind of – actually, my favorite scene in the whole movie is the very last scene at Chuck E. Cheese's. Really? That is hilarious. Yeah. The Chuck E. Cheese is pretty it's like, funny. N- no, it's it's the fucking, 
it's Vince Vaughn going like, hey, it's easy for you to say when you're at work, but you're not at home with her eight hours a day. <laughs> and I'm just like, they've become an old married couple, literally. Literally. And then he tries to pay off the Chuck E. Cheese guy. He's yeah. like, why weren't you around here when the kids were around here? 20 bucks and better servers. But um, I, again, I legit, I, I love so much. I think I think what I love the most is the two characters. Everything on the outside of that, aside from P. Diddy, because P. Diddy's fantastic, um, he's actually really good. At he's this really movie. good. He he does steal his scenes where he's there, and it, he, yeah. he commands the role. Most other characters, I feel like the stripper girlfriend is like one of the most flat things I have ever seen. I did you recognize her, Famke Jansen? Yeah, she's from the X Men series. She's in. Yeah, uh, she's in a couple. She's other so much better in X Men. She was not oh. good in this. Yeah, no, and she was given such a throwaway thing, and even even like her emotion towards what she was trying to project was so throwaway. And getting yeah. to the ending, I was like, I don't care that much because I don't know. I was happy with the decision that was made, and I was like, it gets me in the feels like having the daughter uh the hug the hug that the daughter gives john favreau is really nice the biggest takeaway from this that i have to say is that this movie literally if it was not for this movie i don't think he ever would have made chef i am 100 percent like in my mind prove me wrong that i think you're right i because he has this whole like father he makes pasta he makes pasta he does and he like he does the whole thing from scratch like and he he talks about being like a good chef he like chops ingredients up again and he only does it for like two seconds and i'm like i am literally you prove me like any other instance like if if he came into like a press tour and he was like yeah i've always wanted to make a movie about chef and culinary stuff it's like was that like something that was inspired because of your first movie? Like, I, I genuinely want. No, I think to talk it's just because it. he's always he's always been interested in food. Yeah. Did you ever watch? So there's the movie Chef, but he has the yeah. television series Chef. Did yes. you ever watch that? Only just it's on Netflix. Of, only only minutes of it. I remember yeah. you kept telling me about. It's it a really good. Stuff. If you want something to throw on in the background while you're doing stuff on Netflix, that's like. And you like food? Watch Chef, the Chef Show. It's great. Because it's literally John Favreau going like, "I'm John Favreau. I can kind of do whatever the fuck I want. He, I'm just going to talk about food." He has that status. He, a lot of people literally, don't realize this, but he has that status. He goes into Disney and he basically co-runs most of the entertainment that happens at Lucasfilm. Because no, 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 not just Lucasfilm. Because he also does a lot of the animation stuff. He did Lion King and Jungle Book, and he's doing Jungle Book too, and the and, Mandalorian, and he has and all the, the Spider Man. Yeah, so he literally yeah, like has he's his got hand a in, like, lot of every, stuff going on. Every division of Disney, like he has like his hand in on top of the stuff he's done independently, which is yeah. a lot of the stuff that people really appreciate, like artistically, uh, and stuff like that. Just a. Uh, uh, down the line right so no but like yeah john favreau has a ton of not only is he like appreciated in the artistic community although people do kind of like meme chef even though it's actually a very well critically acclaimed and audience acclaimed movie it's a lot of people like that movie it's a genuinely good feel good movie like it is i remember i remember i had to convince you for like a year and a half to watch that movie yeah it was well it's one of those movies that it, i always just kept putting off and then as soon yeah, as I talked and then you watch it, it and you're just like oh that was great i should watch that again 
pretty much. Or or I gotta watch the chef show. I just haven't watched the chef show yet. <laughs> I I also find it kind of funny though how like in two of his most popular movies that he like wrote and directed himself, Chef and and Made, he makes two really popular uh, pasta dishes at the time. So in this one, he makes a uh, pasta. Oh fuck, what is it? Should have been keeping ah! notes. <laughs> so popular, I forgot what it was. <laughs> No, because it's a it's a really '90s uh, dish. Like I would know that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, frick! Oh, pasta puttanesca. Yes. Which is it's a really it was really popular in the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a southern thing. It's got like capers and garlic and olive and all that sort of stuff in it, right? Um. And then in Chef, he makes a dish that was really popular at the time. Then it also became super popular because he made it pasta aglia e olio, right? Which I've made before. It's really tasty. Yummy. And it's super simple. It's literally pasta, garlic, and oil, and you put some chili peppers in it. Like some chili flakes in it. Done. Done. What kind Um, of pasta? It's like angel noodles? Like really fun No, usually you speak... No, you usually use a spaghetti or spaghettini, not oh. angel hair. Angel hair would be way too small. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't have a movie picked out for next week. That's kind of a comedy. I have an idea. Yes. But I wanted to run it by our first ever guest appearance yes because we're gonna have a guest on the show next week i would love that we're we're gonna announce it on the instagram because we got to confirm it and everything but we're gonna have a guest next week and they're going to love it they're excited about it and i have a movie in mind because i think it will make sense i just want to check and also, we have to see if you'll even be there. <laughs> that That's another thing. I mean, if not, I'll just be editing it and I'll be making all I the comments. I can confirm that I will be there and that we will have a guest. The guest will either be in addition to Richard or filling in for Richard. What? What if I want to watch the movie? How am I supposed to know what's going on? <laughs> yes, because you and I literally never talk unless it's during these calls. My life. My wife. Didn't I literally... Didn't we literally talk for like an hour last night? Oh yeah, I talked. <laughs> I talked to somebody on the phone, then I talked to you, and then I talked to Taryn on the phone for an hour. So I was on the phone for three hours after I got <laughs> off work, and I went, I go bed, and I went to bed, and then I okay, went, yes, but you're also the kind of person who, where you're on the phone with me, and then you're like, I'm gonna tell you a story for half an hour, <laughs> even though you needed to like actually talk to me about something. Oh yeah, that's usually how it works. And we did How talk is... about stuff, so... Oh, yeah. wait. Can we... You can if you, you have news. I have news. It's not movie news. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a zoo. <laughs> no, I didn't buy a zoo. I wish I bought a zoo. Uh, no, I'm engaged. Yay! Yay! Pop the champagne. Just kidding. <laughs> actually, we did. It was really funny. Oh, you actually did? Oh, were you trying to do You that? never told... Yeah, you never told me how you did it. How so I now did you got to tell me. Oh yeah, yeah, you didn't. You just said, 
You didn't tell me anything. You messaged me for like two whole days after you'd already figured it. You'd already done. It. I don't think I've and told. You didn't tell me shit. I don't think I've told many people. I. Uh... You told me that you were going to do it. And you showed me the ring, and then you were like, "Yeah." And then you didn't tell me that you did it until Taryn posted about it on Facebook. Yeah, we 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 we. We were, oh my goodness! It was fun. We we okay. So what happened was that day we ended up. Um, I knew she was coming over, and I was busy because I was at work that morning. But I took because I had just seen you and was getting ready to go to my other job. I had made uh, like a shorter day for myself, so I basically was editing at a at the office. I had come home. I had picked up some last minute supplies before I would head up in in a couple of days. Um, when I got home, I ended up calling some people and Taryn was going to come over for supper. And my plan was we were going to have like a picnic or something at, at her, her family's property because like they own like an old piece of land they call it the farm. Um, and it is a farm like it, but it's more like a rolling plains. Like they just like cattle graze there if they ever come over, but, and they, 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 uh, They'll bale hay there as well. I don't think the details of the farm are important to the engagement story. <laughs> They're actually super, super important, actually, I'll, I'll, because I'll tell you why in just a second. So she ended up coming over for supper because we were going to do the picnic there, but we didn't because the flies are really bad right now, supposedly. So what ended up happening was she came over, we cooked, we made chicken parmesan, and we had like a nice Caesar salad and stuff, and we made it from scratch, which was super cool. That's pretty um, good. It was really funny because I wanted to like tenderize the chicken and like flatten it a little bit. I didn't have a meat hammer, so I used a spoon. It was really funny. And everybody was like, why the heck are you hitting chicken with a spoon? And I was like, I'm beating my meat. Leave me alone. And, <laughs> and everybody didn't get that part, but they heard, why are you beating this chicken with a spoon? And I went, I don't know. Anyway, made the food. She was like, oh, I want to go watch a movie. And I was like, I, my eyes hurt because I stare at screens all day. Can we go out for a little bit? And she went, that's all right. And I went, cool. Didn't even clue into it at all. Um, also, I should preamble this with the fact that her family has basically been teasing that this was going to happen today. And she had no idea still. They had literally mentioned Because they the all day. knew, right? Yeah, they all knew. They all knew. Yeah. Um, so we ended up going to the farm. Farm comes back into the story here. So go to the farm. Um, and then we go around some of the hay bales, <laughs> which was quite nice. And while I was going, we were just like, oh, we're going to take some photos. But I didn't have my camera because I had given it to you. But that was my excuse, which worked out really Did well. Did she in my not favorite. even clue in to like, oh, Richard said we're going to go to take photos. He doesn't even have a camera. That's literally what happened. And I was like, that's, that's great. So we ended up trying to get her iPhone working. We took a couple like selfies or whatever and then literally as she was trying to stage it somewhere i had pulled out the box when she wasn't looking and she could see it in the camera and she turned around and then i said it i got down on one knee and then her sister came later with another camera to take more photos which are the ones you've probably seen on social media oh that's that's pretty cute what was even crazier and i totally haven't even told many people this but i found it later that night after I did our press tour, because we basically had to go around to all of our grandparents and tell everybody, <laughs> which was another affair in itself, because we thought we were going to have an easy night. We popped champagne and had a beer or whatever, and we ended up seeing, like, three different houses of, of grandparents, which was, it was great. It was great, but it was, like, 11 o'clock by the time we got back, and I was like, <laughs> this was not expected at all. Anyway, 
we um uh yeah we got back and her mom was telling me that they have a, a picture that was taken um years ago and they looked at the date on the picture and it said one day after our engagement so her parents coincidentally got engaged on the exact same day 28 years ago to the day we got engaged at the exact same age and at the exact same place <laughs> and i had no idea that it was that was actually the thing that's actually great actually like complete accident that that happened and it was like a fluke that it happened that day just by chance yeah so i was like the fact that everything lined up like that i was like blew my mind um and now here I am. And I figured also now that I'm away at work for so many weeks, she can enjoy it. She can fawn over it. She can, if she has anything she wants to, if she has any altercations she wants to make to it, like make it bigger or smaller, then she can figure it out. She can show all of her friends and family. She can do her own thing with it. And you don't have to be there. And it's not even that I don't have to be there. It's just like I, I, I really appreciate it. And I, I got to build it, but this is her thing. So I'm like, this yeah. is all you, you. Well, yeah, because you went to, like, a specific shop, got, like, a custom-made ring and everything, yeah, right? Yeah, with some, like, family stones in it and stuff like that. So every, mm-hmm. everybody's been like, oh, my gosh, I want to see it. I'm like, I don't have to make 80 trips everywhere because <laughs> I don't have to present it. I have done my job. <laughs> I have done the deed. And that- Why do I feel like Taryn was like, oh, yay, wait a minute, you're leaving in like three days for like two months. Yeah, no, it, it's it's been fine. It's been fine, like in a color every day, so it's all good. Yeah. Um, but no, she 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 she's told me she really likes it, so I'm going to assume that's what that means. <laughs> so <laughs> if she's listening right now, which she may be, or she'll catch up to this point in several months from now, and she'll laugh when she hears this, she's probably looking at the ring as we speak. But also, um, I love you, and also, don't be mad that I'm talking so much about this, <laughs> and that I just ditched you for several weeks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, does she not even listen to the podcast? She's listened to a couple episodes, but That's she doesn't fine. do it. it. She, yeah, she doesn't do it every Monday, so I don't know where she's at. So, but she has told me I, she's listened to a bit. Yeah, That's I funny. don't listen to the podcast, so I only listen to it when I edit it. So. <laughs> I listen to it when I make it. Um, we ended this like three different times. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, eh? It's just like our normal phone calls. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.